When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Santa, you could win in APCO's Cash for Chrissy competition. That's right, APCO Joe. There's 1K to brighten your day. And 1K to give away to a mate for Christmas. APCO's Cash for Chrissy, on now at APCO. <laughs> it's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. Dilmar Flashbacks, celebrating 30 years of tea in New Zealand. Oh, yes. 128 metred at a required rate of exactly eight per over. This is the time where you launch. And that's a good way to start the launch. A wonderful shot. Styrus moves on to 90. Gets the single, and this is a very good hundred. First in one day internationals. And a well played Scotty Starris. So that's another huge shot. It's a man under it. No, it's cleared the ropes by a good 10 15 yards. A lovely shot. Starris suddenly he's turning this on. What a wonderful shot. Well, that was Scott Styrus back in 2003 in the World Cup in South Africa. He scored 141 there off 125 balls uh, against Sri Lanka. And uh, that's what we've been celebrating at 30 years of tea in New Zealand, courtesy of the, uh, that great supporter, Dilma. Happened to be uh, Scotty Styrus's first one-day international century. He scored four in all. Uh, the right results uh, in that particular tournament uh, didn't favour New Zealand, but uh, clearly... It was uh, an innings out of the box and one to be remembered. That's what we're doing this morning. Good morning to you, Scott Styrus. Uh, black cap number 221 and probably on the tee at Remuera very shortly, I'd imagine. Uh, not quite. Morning, Smithy. No, not quite, mate. I'm on the putting green because I've got the yips. So it's, uh, it's a troubled <laughs> time at the moment. Uh, troubled yeah. time indeed, mate. <laughs> hey, let's go back to the, Can you? What do you remember about that innings in particular, actually? It was your first one-day international 100. Uh, against um, a pretty talented Sri Lankan side. Yeah, it's it's amazing how your memory fades with all of these things, and you remember bizarre aspects to it rather than necessary specifics. And we had New Zealand cricket at the time brought in, or probably one of the worst decisions they made. There was a South African coach ca- coaching Canterbury at the time. His name was Dave Nosworthy, and because he knew the grounds intim- uh, intimately in South Africa, they put him in for the scouting. And so my memory of that particular game was that he had told us that spinners do nothing. They don't take wickets. Their economy is poor. So we went into that game without Daniel Vittori. We played five seamers. Um, and Sri Lanka played one seamer and five spinners. And it turned and spun. And we got those conditions completely wrong. So no surprise that we ended up losing that match. Um, but for me personally, yeah, obviously it was a great day. But we, we ended up losing. It was more from the... Uh, respect that I'd been 
playing as a batsman for Northern Districts, but I was just waiting for an opportunity to do the same for New Zealand. I came into that New Zealand side as a replacement for Gavin Larson and, and to do that similar role. So it was about three or four years before I could go back to the more natural role, which was a batsman who bowled a little bit. Uh, and this was my first opportunity. And, um, and, and sort of that was the start of it for me personally. What do you remember about uh, the Sri Lankan attack? You say five, uh, one, one and four or one and five back in those days in terms of seam and spin. What do you remember then in terms of playing spin back there uh, on, uh, well, it was 2003? Yeah, the game was very different then to what it is now. It's a power game these days. The way it was played in those days was, was the big accumulation phase between overs 15 and, say, 40 to 45 before you had some fun at the end. And so batting and the way that you practised was all about reducing dot balls and, and putting the ball into gaps and taking your ones. And, and that's how you got your, your five runs and over or, or six if you were good enough. So we spent a lot of time working on that. And then when you had players like Murali uh, up against you, it was, of course, incredibly difficult. And he had destroyed us um, in the years leading up to that. So we did spend a lot of time on it. We didn't anticipate that spin was going to be quite the weapon on that pitch, having all that advice that I talked about. Um, but it was, uh, it was a part of my game that I, uh, was probably a strength, was rotating the strike through the middle and then, and then trying to have a go at the end. So, it, it, you know, I guess it worked on a slowish pitch. There wasn't a lot of bounce, so you, you had to be able to try and minimise those dot balls. Well, Matthias Murali, Murali the thrin, uh, or Murali as everyone calls him these days, or those days, because it was easier, simple as that, um, uh, he developed uh, an amazing record. Uh, history will show he's the greatest uh, wicket-taker in, in Test history. Uh, not many people could play him. Um, what, did you, what did you work on? What did you look at when you were looking at Murali with his unique action? Yeah, it was bizarre because in those days that Dusa actually spun a lot as well. It wasn't uh, perhaps like the back end of his career where it was more of a top spinner. Um, so you were, you were watching the hand... And it would actually come and go. There would be a few overs in Test cricket as well where you could pick him, um, but then for whatever reason it would disappear and you couldn't, and you couldn't see it again, and, and that posed its own challenges. You know, I think to Stephen Fleming where he got that magnificent 270 in a Test match in Sri Lanka, mm. said he didn't pick it once. But in those days with no DRS, you could just thrust your pad at it and you could get away with it. Um, you can't do that one day cricket, obviously. But, you know, you're looking at the hand, and if you're not seeing it out of the hand, then you're looking for the ball to spin, or which way it's spinning the seam in the air. And that's probably where it came and, came and went a little bit, based on the colour of the ball and the seam and all of those things. So uh, it, was, it was always a challenge. He'd killed us before. And when we came up against those great bowlers, we always tried to just take them none for 30. Just try and give them no yeah. wickets. Don't allow them to get on a roll. None for 30 off 10 and try and get the guys at the other end. Four years later, you're in uh, Granada in the uh, West Indies, uh, 111 not out in the Super 8s against Sri Lanka. Uh, didn't, lo- didn't actually win that one either, but uh, again, um, you know, four years later, you, you found a, a, a sort of a love affair against the uh, Sri Lankan attack. <laughs> yeah, this one's probably one of the more embarrassing things. Is it, is it or close to New Zealand's slowest ever ODI 100? I think it's, uh, I think it's <laughs> something like that. <laughs> it was dreadful, to be honest. <laughs> well, we kept losing wickets throughout, and that was probably, uh, you know, the thing I remember from that game 
is Brendan McCullum's advice and where we where I first perhaps saw the leadership that we all came to know in, in years to come was because in the debrief after that, we had the old school thinking of Chris Harris, who was saying, look, you've just got to get yourself a total, um, and you never know, right? If you could get to 230, you might be able to defend it. It might be one of those one in a hundred games where you can defend a, a subpar total. But Brendan McCullum's advice, unsurprisingly, was more on the positive side, saying, look, 230 is never going to be enough. You might as well get bowled out for 170, but in that odd chance that you have your day and you start hitting some boundaries, you get to 260 and you give yourself a better chance. So, you know, I took from that game, yes, it was a, a terribly slow 100, but we were in trouble the whole way, but it was a really good lesson moving forward to follow what I thought was uh, the way the game was moving, which was what Brendan was suggesting, and that is you might as well lose badly. If you're always going to, if you're going to lose it with the 230 score, then you might as well try and take that chance and see if you can get to 260 plus uh, and give yourself a better chance on the odd day you come off. And then four years later, it comes in cycles these things. So it was your last actually. It ended up being your last one international, 188. Um, you scored 57 uh, against uh, Sri Lanka. What, what do you remember about playing cricket in Sri Lanka as such, those conditions? Uh, I'm not sure how many times you went there, Smitty, but I always found it the hottest. and I, I've always enjoyed the heat. It's never really bothered me too much. Um, but towards the back end of your career, as you get a bit older and you can't move as much, um, I, the heat mm. really did affect me. And, and Sri Lanka was the hottest of all the countries and the toughest to, to play. And you probably got the best batting conditions, but you also had to deal with probably the hottest conditions. Now, India can be, and Pakistan can be obviously brutal as well, but Sri Lanka was tough. Um, and the trouble we had in that game is we'd just come off beating the favourites for the tournament, which was South Africa in the semi-final. Perhaps people may remember the game where we sort of all had a bit of a dust-up with Faf Duplessis in the middle um, and, and beat them where people perhaps hadn't expected it. And then we went to Sri Lanka where they were very good, at course, at home. They were very good in those conditions. Uh, and they'd beaten us the previous World Cup as well in the semi-final. So they did have the wood over us and we were still trying to figure out how to beat them in World Cups. It was interesting, uh, in fact. So, uh, overall, um, you did pretty well against Sri Lanka. If you look at just picking those scores out, those scores out on a random selection. So, uh, not many did. I mean, it was, just wasn't about Murali, though, because um, what about Chimindavas Vass back in those days? Yeah, Chimindavas Vass was uh, a wily character as well because he, um, he knew how to bowl in those conditions. He was a medium-quick bowler in the early days, his pace had, had dropped quite a lot uh, in, the, in the back half, but he, he started bowling those little cutters. We often see Tim Southey and even Trent Bolt bowl that three-quarter ball, they call it, um, where it just sort of holds in the surface and moves away from the batsman. So he could swing the ball and then bowl that, the mixture of those cutters as well. So he got his cricket smartest cricket intelligence was incredibly high and tough conditions to bowl as a seamer, but he found a way. Um, so you, it was about trying to, uh, I guess, play him as a fast spinner, if you like, in the, in the uh, back end of his career. And again, it was about rotating that strike really well because you didn't get too many freebies to hit. Scotty, as we look at cricket uh, these days and we look at uh, the Black Caps, we had a bit of a report card yesterday with our great mate Sid Cumming and uh, we didn't reckon uh, this has been one of the great summers at home for the, for the men's test side. How, how did you look at it? 
Yeah, pretty similar. It's it's perhaps a little bit of a concern. I don't know what you discussed, but did you think it was perhaps the end of our great era we've just had? Yeah, I thought it was. But it was uh, the signs were there, although the two batting replacements that are coming in, uh, and and I, well, I still uh, regard Conway as a bit of a replacement because he's still relatively new there. Will Young looks pretty cool, but I'm I'm not prepared to uh, rate Will Young too highly against the Netherlands on on that performance. But I'm saying that the, it, it looks bright enough in that area. But the pace attack is just starting. I mean, you you played with uh, a couple of these guys, so. Uh, you know full well um, when the old legs start kicking and with the quicker bowlers, you got to start looking around. I, I just wonder uh, whether we've had our best moments for a while. Yeah, and I don't think that's necessarily um, a knock on this group of players because whenever you compare a, to someone like Williamson or Ross Taylor, you're always going to come short. There are two of our three great batsmen for a reason. Um, and... Mm. You know, these, you're right. I think these guys coming in, Conway and uh, Will Young, are fantastic. Uh, and with the fast bowlers, the same. You know, I think uh, you know you've got you've got Sir Richard Hadley out on an island by himself, but right behind him is is Southie and Bolt. And and Trent Bolt had half the summer off uh, for for reasons, uh, personal reasons. Um, so you know, again, if you're going to compare them to the to the likes of Bolt, then you you probably are going to come short. Um, and you're right. As you get older, the legs become harder. It's more the recovery too. You don't bounce back as much. So if you've spent 20 overs bowling in the in the dirt the day before, it's going to take you a little bit to get going the next day. And that that's where I, I worry a little bit. Where are the next cro- uh, crop coming through? Um, and it's no slight on them. You know, when you go up against the greats that we've had, this golden era that we've had, it's always going to be tough to try and replicate. How do you fix the yips, mate? <laughs> Well, I can tell you, practice isn't one of the isn't one of the options because I get on the practice green and I tell you what, I'm a genius. But when I get out there, um, I, I, my hands can't be get involved in it. You know, I, I've got three footers that I'm missing by six inches either side. It's not even hitting the hole. So uh, I'm, I'm, I played last. I play every Thursday afternoon, Smithy, and I almost threw the clubs in the uh, in the lake and walked home. <laughs> hey Scotty, it's great to catch up with you, mate. Uh, enjoy uh, enjoy your golf these days. Um, uh, look forward to catching up. We've got to, we've got to have a reunion, uh, the old Sky guys, at some point. So uh, I'll look forward to that, mate. Thanks for your chat this morning and your memories uh, of cricket against Sri Lanka. Fantastic. Yeah, no worries. Thanks very much, Smitty. Yeah, cheers, Scott Styrus. There, terrific bloke and uh, great guy to tour around the country with and uh, talk about cricket and uh, and other things. So uh, miss those days. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91